well from a beautiful Mount Pleasant overlooking the entire of the city of Christchurch. Evidence of uh, massive rock falls over towards the gondola. Um, I can see why the road is closed ahead. Uh, But I'm finishing off the Christchurch series today with an interview of Rob Dickinson. I'm Martin Kane, and this is the New Zealand All That's Tesla podcast. Right, so I'm here with Rob Dickinson in one of the Christchurch interviews. Um, Rob, great to meet you at last. Yeah, good to meet you again. Well, I should say again, because you did help me with a um, century cam recording thing. Just yeah, like back, back. back in the days when there was some issues with formatting and stuff, which gone away now, hopefully, luckily. <laughs> That's right, brilliant. So, look, hey, tell us a little bit about um, you know your background, uh, what you do. Um, so I'm a, a software developer, um, work for a little company in Christchurch doing um, supply chain management stuff um, in the dairy industry, which is um, interesting. We're doing our best to try and sort of introduce efficiencies and stuff in, in, in that industry, so I, I'm kind of somewhat conflicted in, on the environmental side in, in that, but it's, it's always, always good to try and help out a corner of the world that you, know, you can potentially influence. Um, lived in New Zealand for about 16 years now, came from the UK. Um, yeah, um, really enjoy living here. Uh, it's a beautiful country. Um, and yeah, um, that's about it. And you're, you're into a bit of photography as well though, aren't you? Is that, is that right? Yeah, so I do, I do a lot of landscape photography. Um, always been interested in photography but since coming to New Zealand the landscape has just completely blown me away um, so grabbed a camera and went out started shooting developed my own style learned a bit started doing workshops and tutorials and um, that kind of thing so um, got into astrophotography as well which is um, basically shooting landscapes at night with starry um, skies and stuff which is can be quite technical and, and interesting especially as it's it's um, the, the best part of the Milky Way is in the sky through winter, mm. so you're usually out on very, very cold, dark nights in remote places, yeah. Uh, which yeah adds a, adds a, a few few technical issues to the, the transportation front, which is one reason why I have the car I do. So um, first of all, I'm interested because you know I love pop going out and spotting auroras or trying to anyway. So what sort of camera do you use that? You know, does well for you know, astrophotography. Um, you're looking at something that has low noise. So, the bigger the, the sensor in the camera, the better. So, I use a, at the moment I use a Canon 5D Mark IV, which has got a full frame sensor um, and a fast lens. So, you, you're basically pushing the, the boundaries for the hardware these days um, all the time with Astro. Um, a lot of people will um, track shots as well for the stars so you, you get a, uh, a me- mechanical tracker that you align with the, the polar uh, circumpolar points and that actually follows the stars so you can shoot for longer on each frame uh, and reduce noise that way I don't do that um, so yeah so it's 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 a case of a, a fast lens a good sensor and a lot of my panoramics are like eight individual shots stitched together so the end was 
resolution of that whole image is 30,000 pixels wide or something. So when you reduce that down to a print size, it actually reduces the noise quite a bit as well. Um, just because you're effectively shooting such a large area of sky, and it takes it takes almost half an hour to shoot one of those images. Okay. Um, so you don't get many shots in a night out if you're doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Especially if you do what's common these days, which you shoot longer exposures for the foreground as well. Yes. So for each position in the foreground, you'll shoot like a two or four minute shot, or even multiple shots, and stack them to reduce noise. Because noise is a random thing. So if you have multiple shots and you stack multiple things that are random, uh, you get rid of a lot of that random. So that helps with noise as well. So it's, it's, it's a really interesting, tacky kind of part of photography. So, um, and do you display, is it for you know galleries or something you photograph, or do you sell your works? Um, I sell prints and I license images, but I don't actively push that at all. It's, it's, a, it's a hobby that kind of grew into a... A second sort of career and income, but I, especially with COVID, that's cut down quite a lot at the moment. We we used to run um, a couple of dozen between me and a friend. We used to run a couple of dozen workshops a, a year, um, but yeah, we've not done any of those for a little bit. We might might think about starting those up soon, but I don't have any workout on display anymore. I just upload stuff. So. Right. So um, you mentioned that you. Um, Sort of did a wee bit of work for the dairy industry. I wouldn't be too concerned because I, I have heard recently that you know companies like Sinlay, um, Nissan, and a few others. Do you sort of do anything for them? They're apparently carbon zero. Yeah, or so Sinlay is one of our New Zealand customers. Nestle is one of our international customers. Um, so we, a big part of our, our software is about managing the collection and the, the processing of, of milk. Um, so we. We do all of the, the route planning for their trucks, and we minimise fuel use through that. Um, we we also uh, manage a lot more uh, workflow and that kind of thing. So we're we're kind of doing a, a small part to help those companies um, address the environmental impacts. So it's 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 quite a, an interesting interesting area to work in. Oh, oh wonderful! All right. So let's get on to the um, the tester thing. So, what tester products do you own, and how long have you had them? Um, so, I've got well, we've got a, a Model Three Performance Stealth, mm-hmm. um, and we got that one of the first Model Threes in the country. So we got that about three or four weeks after the the first car was delivered. So we we had a a deposit reservation in for quite some time, mm-hmm. um, waiting for for them to start selling the Model 3 in, in, in New Zealand. Um, we looked at the S and the X, um, and both a bit too big and expensive for our tastes. Um, the Model 3 is really spot on where we wanted a, a, a car. Um, it's just me and my wife, um, but we've always, or not always, but we've just generally been a one-car family, so we needed one car that would be able to, to do what we need a car to do. Um, it's really when we got the Model 3, we actually had two cars because I had uh, an MX-5 sort of as a weekend toy. Um, but we, yeah, we, we traded both, well, sold both of those when we got the Model 3. So just pop back to the Stealth. What's the Stealth refer to? So it looks like a standard long-range Model 3, um, but it has the, the performance of the, the performance car. Um, so back in the day when the... the 
the performance car originally launched in America, um, it was the same as the long range, um, but it was quicker to uh, accelerate, higher top speed. And then you could add a performance pack on top, which had different wheels, spoiler, load suspension, different brakes. Um, they stopped doing that after a while, um, but when they first started selling the Model 3 in New Zealand, um, they reintroduced that model for New Zealand instead of a long range initially. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, I, originally I would have been happy with the long range, um, but when they first started selling it here, there was the performance and the performance stealth um, and the standard range plus. Um, so we, we ordered the performance stealth um, and then before we got the car, they, it only took two weeks or something, they introduced the normal long-range car at the same price as the performance itself. Um, so we didn't change. <laughs> we, we kept the faster car for the same price. Good on you. And what led up to your purchase of that? What was, what's the story that sort of led you in the Tesla direction? And you, know, you mentioned that you put in your deposit quite early. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I've, I've, I've always been following Tesla, the story, um, and I'm originally from the UK, um, I'm quite into my cars, and followed a company called Lotus, um, and like way back in the mid-2000s, um, you heard these stories of this crazy American company buying <laughs> lots of Lotus Elises and putting batteries and motors in them, um, which from a car point of view was great because Lotus was always short of cash. Um, didn't really hear a lot more about them till, till much later when they started making a bit of news on you know, via Top Gear and the Model S coming out, that kind of thing. Um, also we, we watched a lot of Fully Charged. Um, amazing um, YouTube show channel, if you don't watch it's worth a, a real watch, but I'm sure pretty much everybody listening to the podcast has, has caught some episodes. Um, Bobby Lou was responsible for, for us. We were sitting down one evening after an episode, and um, I had a quick look on Trade Me and found that we could buy an Outlander PHEV um, for a bit more than what our current car was worth um, and save three, four thousand dollars a year on fuel, and obviously get onto the, the electric car sort of ladder because we, we didn't want to buy a $150,000 Model X or whatever it was at the time um, and a Leaf wouldn't do it because we, we like one one car family kind of thing so it was a it was a good it was a good compromise at the time so we run a, an Outlander PHEV for a couple of years and we were basically waiting for a car that, that met a bunch of conditions um, we are pretty pretty loose but because of my photography I'm going out into the back and beyond um, in the middle of you know, winter nights um, and I didn't want to spend hours recharging somewhere um, and it needed a, a reasonable range so we're basically looking at a four to five hundred kilometer range car um, I wanted something with all-wheel drive um, arguable whether it's needed or not but I did want something with four-wheel drive um, and basically we were looking at some, anything that fitted that kind of criteria that was under roughly $100,000. Um, so the Model 3 came out first and it's still the only car under about $120,000, $130,000 that's all-wheel drive. Um, so it's still the only car that would fit the, the criteria we want. So. 
Did you buy the full self-drive package at the time as well? Not when we bought it, but we did buy it later. So we, we do currently have full self-driving and, and waiting for the more interesting options to, to come. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously I'm a software guy, so I'm, I'm really interested in, in technology and it's a it's a really exciting period of history where for a long time we obviously we didn't have technology you know um, neural nets and AI and anything that could remotely drive a car um, and in, in another 20 years or so that kind of thing will be quite commonplace so we're in a very short period of time where you can be on board at the like the, at the start of, of this um, and you can get you can get a, a view early on with Tesla about how this is going to happen. So it's, it's, it's really, really quite an exciting ride to be on, mm. even though it might seem quite slow. Mm. It's actually quite a rapid development from a software point of view. Mm. Um, so that's, yeah, I'm really keen to see where that goes. Um, and I think New Zealand's set up for, legally, to be a good place to, to, to experience this from. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, our, our laws as far as being in control of a vehicle uh, quite general when yep. it comes to being I mean, allowed to have that control you know, handed over. Yeah, we've had dogs driving in New Zealand, so I don't see why we can't have computers driving. That's good. <laughs> so what have you found since owning it? Uh, any, um, well, yeah, just tell us about your last it's, few years. It's been, it's been a good experience. Um, it's been nice gain. So not long after we got the car, um, we got a, quite a substantial update. Um, one of the things that was lacking in the Model 3 when we got it compared to say Nissan Leaf was the one pedal driving um, and then literally a month or so after we got the car Tesla released a big patch to give us some more performance some more efficiency and one pedal driving mm-hmm. um, and it's, it just blows me away that, that a company like can keep on updating a product um, and you don't feel like you've been shortchanged you can you know you quite often you can buy a product and the minute you walk out of a store, there's a better version available, and you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> there um, are a few people who feel like that. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's obviously some hardware changes. So the, the new cars have uh, automatic boots and double glazing and, and stuff, which, which is fine. You can't, you can't download a you know, double glazing, uh, which is fine. But it's, it's really good that you, know, you, keep, you keep getting uh, updates, so that's been good. Um, the car's just blown me away with its features, its ease of use, I and mean, it's it's the easiest car you can live with. You know, you you just walk up to it, you don't have to unlock it, you open the door, you sit down, you drive off, you park it up, you walk away, it locks itself. Um, you, you know, you don't have to get your phone or your keys out of your pocket or something. I, I wish my house was, was that easy to yeah. live with. Um, it's just a really easy car to live with. It's done everything we want. We've been, um, you know, we've not had any problems going anywhere. Um, it's quite a low car from what I'm used to. We usually go for SUVs. Um, it's actually, it actually has more issues getting off my drive than my MX-5 did um, because it's got a longer wheelbase, even though it's not quite as low. Um, that's the only only real issue we've had with it. Um, other than that, it's just, it's just a. It's a bizarre mix of quiet, efficient, and face-ripping performance. <laughs> it's just so quick. That's brilliant. Have you uh, converted any of your workmates? Uh, 
yeah, the, um, we've got a few colleagues who are really interested. Um, I know, I know, some people are, are planning to, to look at electric cars in the short term, um, especially the Model Three standard range. Um, and in the current market in New Zealand, it's it's just going crazy for, especially the standard range plus with the, the rebates and stuff. It's just you, you couldn't, you know, it's it's really hard to justify any other car at the moment new in New Zealand. Yes, it is. So, um, what sort of uh, trips have you enjoyed uh, in your Model 3? Um, so, apart from the photography stuff, which is basically going out to the mountains or um, Ashburton Lakes or wherever it happens to be, um, we've been down to Queenstown, uh, we've been over to the, the West Coast several times, um, up to um, Blenheim, that kind of thing. So, we've been been around quite a lot of the South Island. Um, last end of March last year for my wife's birthday we were heading to the North Island. <laughs> we we drove up to Blenheim um, and as soon as we got there uh, we had the news of the, the Covid lockdown. We were booked on the ferry the next morning and we weren't locked down at that point but you could see where it was going um, and yeah we, we ended up cancelling the ferry and cancelling our two week holiday around the North Island that we had all planned out and booked mm-hmm. and stuff so that would have been our, our longest trip with the car mm-hmm. um, a proper road trip and we got denied <laughs> which is a shame to we, come. We, we will rebook that one so um, yeah we've got friends up in Northland that we'll, we'll go and visit and stuff as well but um, yeah, so so yeah. In general, we've just been just been sort of cruising around the, the South Island, um, and so start of June, Christchurch had quite a, a large downpour and flooding, uh, which was coincided with my birthday. Um, so we went over to the west coast, but we had to go via Lewis Pass, um, and there's very few charges that way. Not that we, I mean, we we could have made it to Westport without. Um, charging, but we did we did stop in Reefton for some some charge. Um, but yeah, that's that's quite a, a remote bit of, of road, but it's a really fun road. So I wasn't really being maybe as efficient as you should be sometimes yeah. on road trips. Also, it was, it was really wet this side, so we were literally wading through two feet of water to get out of Christchurch at times, which was interesting. Um, yeah, Model Three handled it fine. It's good. Good on you. All right, and any uh, major issues or challenges that you've had uh, in the time? I don't think so. Um, limiting spending on accessories, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, there's, there's not that much we've added to the car. Um, no, I think it's pretty good. It's probably the only real big issue is driving on gravel roads I tend to go a bit slower than what I used to on in SUVs because it's a bit lower and I don't want to remove all the paint from the sides of it yeah, um, yeah I tend to go a bit slower on that but maybe I used to go too fast anyhow I don't know um, but no it's been a it's been a great car um, I had a I had a rattle in the um, headliner at one point that the service centre fixed they've been really good mm-hmm. um, don't know how busy it is in Auckland, but they always seem to have time for everybody down here in Christchurch. So they're, they're, they're a good good crew. Um, and other than that, it's just been good. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Good on you. Well, all right. Um, 
And something I'm asking each person in Christchurch is, um, look, if I was a visitor down here to Christchurch for, you know, and had a spare eight hours, what would you recommend, uh, as a local, for a tourist to do? I would head over to Akaroa. Day trip to Akaroa, go around bays, head over the tops, drive around the summit road, enjoy the views, get some nice food, go and see some beaches... That would, that would be the, the, the best day trip from Christchurch, I think. That's that's just it really sort of showcases what the, the, the sort of local area has. Um, there's some really good um, like farm shops there and cafes, um, beautiful scenery and a, a good variety of, of stuff. So yeah, I, I would say go to Akaroa for the day. Rob was pretty helpful for me a few years ago when I was trying to get sentry mode sorted on my Model X and he was kind enough to test that indeed my car was formatting the drive correctly using his own Model 3 performance. He has been an ongoing help for a lot of people ever since, and it's really great to finally have the chance to meet him for a long period of time and catch up with what he enjoys. Rob's quite active on Twitter and Facebook and in the various electric vehicle groups, so go and drop him a line. I've attached his referral code the episode notes that, that you can help him out with a few thousand kilometres to help with his night sojourns to go and see the stars. If you'd like to help me and Alex to keep these episodes online, then please head to patreon.com slash Tesla and contribute as little as a cup of coffee a month. In the meanwhile, drive safely and give a friendly wave to those out there sharing in the Kiwi revolution. <laughs>